In the words of the late, great Bob Barker, now I think you've had enough. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. It's brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. I want to do a special shout-out to all of our everydayers who are Twins fans who are upset that we're not giving the Twins enough praise. This is a bad Guardians team that has struggled to hit 500 all year, that has swept one series all year. I don't think they've had a six-game winning streak all year. They haven't had a five-game winning streak. Yeah, haven't even won five games all year. And they kept in contention with the Twins through September. Without Beaver, without McKenzie. McKenzie, Without Naylor for a month. If that team is able to stay close enough that it makes September series have matters, have value, your team isn't good. Because the Guardians aren't good and they were able to compete with you. So that is my quick. I'm not going to give a shout out to the the Twins because the only reason the Twins are making the postseason is is the only reason the Guardians would have made it is it's an awful division with three teams that aren't trying and two teams that uh, barely are. And hey, and shout game. out to your buddy. For, I met at the game the other night, too. Oh, uh, uh, Tom, whose uh, wedding I was in a year ago. And, uh, you know, he's cool. a very nice guy. I've known him since high school uh, a lot. He, he once caught uh, an Enar Diaz Grand Slam. Ball. That actually happened. Wow. I I believe it was a grand slam. Tom, if you're watching, comment below. Was it just a home run ball? He's got an Diaz home run ball. That in and of itself, though, is kind of impressive just in its own matter, I think. Yeah. uh, I didn't think Enar Diaz hit any home runs. (laughs) Hey, Enar Diaz was part of getting us pronk. So that worked out well. Uh, Not one of John Hart's best. We can. No. no. (laughs) What? Ryan Drees. Come on. Uh, Moving through. uh, Now that we've had some fun. Uh, this one wasn't as fun. And, and, you know, I think what we have exclamation point on the season, basically, like this is a great microcosm of the year. Cause you know, it was it Godfather three. Every time I think they're out, they pull me back in. Like, I can't do a Pacino. Why am I even trying? But like, every time we think that they're turning a corner, (laughs) they lay an egg. What is it with this team and first inning runs? Like, is there a rule I don't know that the pitchers like are they not warming up? Are they just going out without any warm-ups and throwing the first inning? That's my theory that they're trying to preserve pitch counts for everyone and no one's doing warm-up pitches and just going out and throwing. Because my goodness, why do they give up so many first inning runs? Not on Bieber. Bieber battled, his velocity was down, the control wasn't as tight as it has been. He's still excellent, still a rookie of the year contender. Um, I'd still rather have him. I'm just going to keep laying into this. I'd still rather have him than any twins pitcher. And it's not even close. Wait, Pablo I mean, Lopez. are we, are we talking for 2023? Or are we talking long-term? I'm saying the next three years, the next three years. Yes. I'm taking yeah. Bybee. Like if I had a choice between Pablo Lopez right now, I don't know, maybe for like a game, but not like the next not beyond like the next two seasons, I would take. And here's the thing, Bybee. Like if it was a game right now, I probably would go Lopez. Was there are signs like Bybee's over his career innings count? You know, he's 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 getting close to being a little gassed. I think we can both admit that. But yeah, no, I. It's always nice when he's on the mound. It's kind of an event. But yeah, this was just one of those games. I mean, they, they not having have... his 
best control and i mean and and for the velocity being down a little bit for who knows whatever reason whether it's you know something was going on mechanically or he had a lot of hard contact tonight too so i don't know i would i would start to think that maybe it's it's just a little bit of fatigue or whatever he had five walks for he might have gotten out of some trouble based on the hard contact and the five walks but he only got out with two runs. I mean, if that's a bad start, you'll take that. I mean, yes, hundred percent. There might have been nights where the walks and the for hard hit would have it was burned a him a little start. more. Yes, for yeah, a bad start for for Tanner Bybee this season. That's a bad start for a lot of guys. That's a career start. They're pretty happy with that. Like Lucas Giolito would have been like, "Man, I really came through for the team last night." If he had, or Noah Syndergaard, sadly, would have been like, "Yeah, I really gave the team what they needed." But yeah, different no. uh, levels of evaluation at this point. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing is people were making fun of you for doing an ESPN draft. That was that was the biggest negative comment from yesterday's show. I, I, I it makes it so better. My team is probably not really good. Although, funny enough, I've been better at fantasy football than fantasy baseball. I've actually never won a fantasy baseball championship. I've won two fantasy football championships in, in my leagues. I don't know what it is. So, don't trust me when it comes to fantasy baseball advice. Is what my my friends uh, would tell you. Yeah, this this team they scored three runs. They battled early. They got back into it, and then I forget what inning it was. They had two on. They, I mean, what Josh Naylor ground the double play with Jose on. Uh, he had a walk tonight, which that was about it. He didn't have this base hit before that. It was double play. They had a couple of opportunities in this game to to get back into it, and then <sighs> this bullpen. It's just like overall the numbers. You look at it, and it's fine. Like the numbers are not terrible. They're they suggest like a a top third bullpen somewhere like the, the you know the ninth the thirteenth range like you're not maybe even better than that in some cases I don't know what I have looked at the second half numbers again the first half obviously was fantastic until like late June when Stefan and Classe started having issues and other guys I mean that's the thing about bullpens too is that you year to year they almost never hold up like you have certain guys that you can kind of count on like I don't think Classe was Again, it's such a small year. sample size that there is a lot of fluke. That's why you get Jeff Manships. That's why you get those guys who pop for a year because right. of the fluke. You don't get enough data. Yeah, and and there's hangover too. Like there, that I don't know if that's the case here. If it's really September hangover because the bullpen was so good in the first half, so I don't really know if you can blame the hangover on what's going on in the second half. But if you look back at, at Cleveland's bullpens over the years, this is just not Cleveland. It's everybody, but. You know, 2005, their bullpen was fantastic. 2006, it stunk. 2007, it was good. 2008, it stunk. For the most part, outside of 2018, like 2018 is the one time where I can really say, like, that bullpen was slammed into the ground because Cody Allen and Andrew Miller had both, you know, been overused at that point, like a treadmill. They were bringing in, I don't know who was, Alexio Gondo, and they were bringing in Matt Belial to try to fix things for a while. Like it was just bad. And they didn't get better until Oliver Perez and Brad Hand came on. Like that's yeah. the only time I can really sit there and say, like, that bullpen was fundamentally broken because your two best pieces were at the end of the road. They had they had no tread left in their tires. This bullpen, not the same, but that's not a good thing because like it's you didn't commit a lot of money to Trevor Steffen, but he's got some issues to work on going in the next year. Yeah. You know, the control hasn't been as good. And you know, I've talked multiple times about him holding runners. That's 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 everyone in the pen. It is. And it's it's like such a dull headache to talk about that because that is I I know the rules are different now and you have to play things differently. But I know like in the past we've talked about like people would make fun of Tito. We'll talk about Tito in this episode, too. 
because there were some more comments from him. People always like like James Karinchak when he, before he first got called up. They were talking about, you know, oh, he's he's got to work on holding runners. He's got to work on doing this. And everyone's like, aha, it's service time manipulation. You know, they're stupid, blah, blah, blah. Look at the problems he's had. Look at the problems even Class A has had. Like holding runners, especially in with this new rule, holding runners, and this was not the case tonight. Like <laughs> Trevor Stephan just could not find the strike zone, which is mind blowing because he got the first two outs, no problem. And then he went ahead and walked people and hit people, which was his problem on Monday wasn't too. It, on, it was like the was it the two outs and then the hit? I feel like one of the hit. I, who cares what the either way? He got the two outs without you know imploding, and that it was just, the same case for him on Monday as well. Or I'm sorry, Sunday as well. And he walked the batter, then the steal happened. Like he's gotten to two outs and he just implodes. And Eli Morgan was better tonight, but he went out there and just squatted a brick on the mound on Monday. There's a lot of questions to be answered with this bullpen the next season to fix it. I mean, Matt Moore, you know, was okay tonight. Lopez looked fine. But yeah, this bullpen overall, just there's a lot of question marks. And I, I think for the most part, you're bringing most of these guys back next year. Like yeah. you're still bringing. Class A back. You're bringing Stefan back. You're bringing Henches back. Outside of that, I don't know. I don't know if you want to guarantee anybody a job out of that bullpen at this point. And that's got to be addressed. But holding runners has to be addressed. Like you have to hold runners now with they the way seem, things are going. I mean, especially for same, Bo Naylor's sake. At the same time, like it's every single reliever. So they decided it wasn't important. Like either the coaching or at some level, like they didn't work on it because it has not gotten better. It's not something that gets worked on because, and it's not something they must focus on because it is just all it's, of it. Yeah, it's the organizational it's, thing. Is it is that the argument that just worry about the hitter? Because you know you hear that sometimes, and I, yeah. I get that to a point. Like just worry about the hitter, and that does make some sense. But it's not a good thing when you walk a guy and automatically turns into a double. Like there's. But there's why is worried. it not working for them? Like, why I know, again, there's, is this team not running? Or running that's true. Well? To finish off this point, there's yeah. there's, there's worrying about the hitter in front of you, and there's completely ignoring the runner on first altogether. Like, you can't – you there has to be a balance between the two of those things. And that, this doesn't even make sense to talk about tonight because this wasn't the problem tonight. Trevor Steffen just got two outs and just completely lost the control of the strike zone, and things blew up on them because they're a flawed roster. I mean, Trevor Steffen has been inconsistent since July – He's had he was good in the first half. He has had bad stretches this half. He's gotten it back together. And that's been the problem with this team all year. Like they only scored three runs. So it didn't really matter in the end. But the bullpen has had stretches where they've been really good and they've had stretches where they've been really bad. And that's that's why they're what seven games, eight games below five hundred now, because their bullpen just hasn't consistently performed in the second half. That's why that they came into this series having to sweep to even have a chance to talk about the playoffs. And that's obviously over now. And we can talk about how to handle the rest of the season. If that even matters, unless you got anything else to talk about in this game, we can talk about handling the rest of the season in just a moment. If you are a business out there struggling to close deals, uh, cold outreach, let me tell you is waste of time for you. It's waste of time for the buyer and the seller doesn't matter what stage you're at. Cold outreach does not typically work, uh, especially when shell- sellers are going to use sale data and outdated data. You need data <clears throat> that can help drive a good decision for your organization, overcome challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps to adapt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes for your organization, like sales in the pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. This is called deep sales, and it's the first 
deep sales platform that LinkedIn has built in the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now you can try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60 day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That is linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60 day free trial to get you a lot of data out of that 60 days. So let LinkedIn sales navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on to get it all started. Guardians will try to salvage the series. If they win, if they win on, on Wednesday somehow, they will take the season series from the Twins still. Um, you can listen to all that action on your Sirius XM app at 110. That is going to be Gavin Williams and Joe Ryan. That should be a pretty good matchup. We'll see if Gavin Williams, you know, can throw some more strikes and not look like the season's kind of wearing down on him. Speaking of, of that, okay, so we think that maybe there's a chance – some fatigue sets in for Tanner here. You're seven games out. Like, do you want to give him a chance to continue to compete for rookie of the year and just let him go out and finish the season on a normal look? Cause he's at, what did he pitch five innings tonight? He's at 129 innings now. If you're the team, the answer is no. Uh, very simply. You say because, that, you're right. I mean, th- that's the only answer. If you're the team, the, the answer is no, because if you are the team one, you don't want to risk extra wear and tear. You don't want to push him keep pushing him you know he's had a great season you pat him on the backside and say thank you because the guardians are terrible or not terrible i keep saying that people they're done they're they're not they're not a good team they're not a fun team they're not a team nobody is turning on cleveland guardians baseball in their mlb package when they want more baseball this is not a watchable team this is not a team that that you know you're saving is one of your favorites to watch so for days that gavin and tanner pitch yeah right but Yes, but often people aren't turning in for pit tuning in for pitching. Uh, I would, I I would, I, I, I know this is not a, uh, but, but I'm saying most people aren't. Yeah. So, but just to go back to the original point. So if you're the guardians, it's like, Hey, the less I see him, the less chances he gets voted top three, they're not getting a draft pick anyways. So if he earns, you know, his, his, if he, if he finishes top three, like again, I I know Bybee has, family members who watch the show and we're not saying this uh, as a negative on him. And we're not saying this for any other thing other than like, if you're a guardians fan, you don't want him to finish top three because then he gets a full year and you lose service time and you lose team control. And he's going to be here for a shorter amount of time. Yes. Although I would also say that no matter, no matter what he does, whether he wins rookie of the year or not, it doesn't change the fact that you should still be reaching out about a contract extension. So whether whether he whether he wins this award and gets that extra year of control or extra year towards free agency, you should still be talking to him about signing an extension sooner rather than later. So he never signed one that, after the first year, though. Like who is the, when is the only time that has happened? And then the danger is then it. I don't know. No, I, I'm not, I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying it's it, if this goes the way you think it's going to go with him, then I still think you're reaching out for a contract anyway. So in the end. In the end, your goal is still to buy out his first couple of free agent years, no matter what. So this that might not end up being the, a problem in the end anyway. I mean, he doesn't have uh, Gavin Williams' agent, so maybe it's more doable. But yeah, he's he's over his career innings total already by now. We'll see. I mean, the Guardians also said they'll monitor what his response is between starts, how he's bouncing back. And they might look at it and say, okay, your velocity was down today. You know, your control was, was uncharacteristically... A little not there. I'm not sure how they're going to interpret spin data, but spin, I mean, velocity and spin kind of go hand in hand. That was not down <laughs> enough to really raise eyebrows. And his fastball velocity was, you know, only down two miles an hour. That's, 
that's enough to sit there and say, okay, maybe it's worth talking about. So maybe his next couple of starts, he's got what, four or five starts left maybe? You say, okay, you're going to go out and have a 75-pitch count now. It's 70 to 75 pitches. That's going to be about it. We're not going to push you to 100 or 90. What did he throw tonight? He threw 87, so you cut that by, you know, about 10. And, you know, you've got Curry out there who's probably going to go out to the pen the rest of the year. Or you just go to a six-man rotation if, that, if you want to do that. You keep – although who knows if Lucas Giolito torches your bullpen again. I don't know what you can really do about that. I, I still think – I want to. I, I want to say too. I want to give Lucas Giolito a little, a little benefit here too. That was a bad start. He's had a couple of bad ones like that since he's gone to Anaheim. His season has been turned upside down with the trade, obviously, and can't help that he had to shift gears and come to Cleveland. And I'm not saying that's you know he knows that's part of the business, but these people are still human, so I'm willing to give him part of that. But I don't know. At some point, do you say okay, this seven out? Either you go to a six-man rotation and give Bybee, Allen, and Williams an extra day of rest, or you start cutting their their starts to 70, 75 pitches. No, no, no. We Does really it matter? Gone, I, I, like I, I think, you know, when you get down to it, again, if if you were the team and you want to manipulate service time, which I think they still do, the the way you do that the most is shutting them down, limiting complete opportunities of exposure. And if you feel like this team doesn't really have a chance, especially after losing the well, two games, you can't send the AAA now. That's a big red No, flag. but then you just end this, you know, it's essentially like, hey, tired arm, injured list. Like, they can do that. That's still, that you still get service time for that, though. Yes, but it's not about the service time. It's about like, hey, we're going to shut him down. Now he doesn't have the opportunity to keep displaying. He doesn't have the opportunity to keep. Oh, you're talking about, I'm talking about all three rookie starters, not oh. just Tanner. So I was still stuck on Tanner. Um, I think, you know, with. Can you afford to do that with three rookie starters? Like, with with if your bullpen gets torched, can you even afford to do that with three rookie starters in your rotation? Even though you might, maybe uh, you should. I mean, if you don't care anymore, like if you've given up, it's like okay, time for Cody Morris to get some starts. Call up, uh, you know, Joey Cantilla to get some starts. We'll juggle some things around. At, at some point, you know, they're claiming that we'll see Bieber and McKenzie. You know, so at some point, you're gonna. Shut them down. I mean, for like they they are, but they are setting themselves up to shut these kids down. By being like, hey, Beaver McKenzie, you're coming back. Yeah, I mean, you're hoping. Okay, there's a week. There's like a week left in this. There's there's 10 days left in the season. Their target date for those two was September 20th. I don't know how much I believe that because the person who who, who posted that also had some other information wrong. So I don't know how much I believe that. But maybe if that's their target date, there's 10 days left. You still got to get through like three more start, two, two or three more starts for each of these guys at this point and they can't even call up Cody Morris for like another 12 days if they even wanted to. And he's not even stretched out. You could put Hunter Gaddis out there if you want to in a couple of days and just kind of let him take one for the team or, or get him some major league service time as a thank you for all the times he's come up and down this year and, and filling in early in the season, but there's not a lot left. And, you know, there, there's more to talk about in terms of handling the rest of the season, Tito and Bieber and McKenzie. So, um, we'll get into that in just a minute. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Uh, now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from shreds to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel. 
official partner of the NFL. And I'll say again, if you are going to get NFL Sunday ticket, why not go do a $5 bet? Five for a hundred sounds like an amazing deal. I don't do the NFL, so it doesn't work for me. But if you do. One more time for the Guardians and Twins this season on Wednesday at 110. So it's for the this, series. It is. It is for the season series. The Guardians can say they won the season series against the eventual division champs if they win on Wednesday. If they don't, then the Twins do win it. Um, but check out that game on your SiriusXM app while you work. Just search Guardians. Uh, I think we've kind of run out. I don't. I don't want to say that Cole Calhoun has run out of steam because the data I'm looking at goes back a week. The last week for him, the numbers aren't great, and I mean, we kind of knew this was coming anyway. But yeah. the guy wants to get his ten years of service time for his pension to kick in. He's going to get it if he stays in the roster the rest of the year. The Guardians aren't the Angels; they're not going to boot him off the roster the rest of the year. Do you need to run him out there every day at this point? Like, it just okay. So you finish off a series of the Twins. You have to go to the West Coast after this without a break. Two West Coast trips in a row. They don't get a break till next Thursday. Like, you know, Josh, when when Wednesday's lineup comes out, I expect a lot of people to have their hands in the air because Josh Naylor is not going to be in it. He's already played three days in a row since coming back, and it's a day after a night game. They're going to sit him. You know, Bo Naylor is not going to play. Yeah. So that's two both Naylor's out of the lineup. So you can guarantee Cam Gallagher is going to play. Maybe they'll catch David Fry, and I'll I'll feel good about that. I don't know how much I should be getting upset about playing time for the last three weeks of the season, but I, I don't some, know. Like at the same, some exposure same, is better than no exposure. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, I am so sick of the cam guy, like negative seven runs created plus like this. Is, know, he makes awesome hedges look like an MVP. No, yeah, I mean, the difference between him and like the difference between, I was looking at uh Sebi Zavala who got cut by the white Sox, And I was like, Yes, they're like all these articles. Sebi Zavala, one of the worst players in baseball. He's having a career worst year. He's a great defender with his 34 weighted runs created plus. I'm like, Cam Gallagher is a negative <laughs> seven. There are high, I guarantee you there are high school catchers in this country right now who could do better than that. I guarantee it. A negative seven? There's got to be one guy who's like a stud somewhere we don't know about. There's got to be, you know, the next like guy who if you gave him regular development would be good. My yeah. negative seven is hard to accomplish. I mean, it is just so terrible. Like, I, I'm going to get ticked every time he plays because he's going to play Wednesday. It's going to be, gonna, you're going to get Cole Calhoun unwa- at D- unwatchable yeah. baseball every Jose time is he's gonna up at Jose is going to DH. You'll have Freeman at 30, even though it's not a, on a Sunday. Cole Calhoun will play first just because Naylor is going to have the day off. And you're not going to have Bo Naylor. And then you're probably going to have Miles Straw again. So the lineup is going to be what it is. And, when, like I said, when we have the autopsy talk at the end of the year, we can go over all of that. But yeah, it's it's not going to be good. I know. I, I don't know. Yeah, the Cam Gallagher thing is not good. I, I would like to see more David Fry. See what I mean? If he is a guy you're going to carry next year, and you're going to say, okay, this is going to be our our utility, you know, our Swiss Army knife who can catch, but can also at lefties, and he can play first and third, and he can play right field for like five innings, like. I would rather see him get the reps at this point because he hasn't started a game since he came off the injured list. He's only come in as a pitcher and a uh, defensive replacement. All he had, he had an at-bat uh, late in the game tonight. But, yeah, don't love that. But, okay, who who do you want to see the rest of the year get most of the at-bats? Like, Arias should be playing the rest of the year. Freeman should be playing the rest of the year. Whether whether or not you're giving Andres Jimenez some time off because Andres Jimenez looks lost at the plate. Are you know Arias either play? I don't think you need to see Ari. I mean, I know Arias said that, that it was nice for him to be able to settle into a position and play. You don't need to see him at shortstop anymore. You know what he can do at shortstop. DH Naylor play Arias at first, 
Get Freeman and Tana in at short. Don't play play Bo Naylor except for day games after night games. I'm okay with Loriano. I would. Do you need to carry three catchers at this point in the season? Like, can Cam Gallagher say thanks for all your time this year? And do you want to see? Do you want to see Rodriguez get any reps at this point this year? Do you want to see? I don't know. I'm probably. A, I don't think it really makes sense to do Valera at this point and Manzardo. Which the thing with Manzardo? Let's be honest. They probably weren't going to promote him as much as we talked about because they don't need to. Like as much as it, it's like, what is the value of, of the, you know, it's so little reps is their value in that versus losing the 40 man spot. Uh, honestly, it's like, if you're going to call someone up right now, it's Jonathan Rodriguez. That's the guy that makes the most sense. Who is, he, who is he playing over right now? Are you playing, are you playing Will Brennan in center and putting him in right? Or are you benching Will Brennan? Will Brennan actually. Okay. So Will Brennan's not having a great year. I think he's come below expectations, but we'll see. Significantly, but he's been better the last like two weeks, and he had a, he had three hits on Tuesday, and I think or Monday, and two hits on Tuesday. Who are you playing I, him over? I, I mean, let's play everyone over Miles Straw. We know what Miles Straw is, which is a fantastic defender, and you know, an 80th percentile hitter, and not 80th percentile. That's the wrong words. 80th, what you know, 20 percent below league average hitter uh, by you know metrics. He's just not good. So that's what you should be doing is running that out and, you know, give him an opportunity. I don't necessarily think he's the answer. I think there's a lot of things in his profile that basically you're hoping he can be plus Oscar Gonzalez and Oscar Gonzalez was sent down because he just that, and we have to look like, give the guys a chance, see what they can do. But we also have to recognize that it is a long road to climb and people are going to be like, you're being so wishy-washy. You get high, you get low. Listen, I love his overall dominance this year. And that's why I've been like pro give Jonathan Rodriguez a chance. Cause he's, he's been great across multiple levels. He has done it all. He is a amongst their minor league uh, players. He's the triple crown winner internally. But I also think anyone who's out there thinking he is a top 10 prospect fundamentally doesn't understand uh, what works in the majors and what often doesn't. We bet on unicorns a year ago and you know what happened? They all fell back to earth. You can't keep betting on unicorns. You can give them opportunities and you can see, and I know there's the concern. Well, what happened if he overperforms the trade away Valera? I, I don't think that's the case. I think at this point, they don't have the depth in the outfield to really make a case for trading anyone away. I mean, honestly, they need to be adding, not subtracting at that position. And yeah, you, you should, I, I would, it, it's what I've talked about. I am fine with keeping Cole Halhoun, even though we've seen him come back to earth. I've had a lot of people tell me I was wrong that this was not him having, you know, a dead cat bounce as it were, but it, it looks like it is, and, but I'm fine with having that veteran leadership as a fourth outfielder who gets less than 200 plate appearances a year right now. Again, Cole Calhoun's got to play first base because they don't really have a ton of, unless you play fry more there, a ton of great internal options, but I would rather see Why personally, not play fry? what, why not play Friday? No, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. Lefties. I'm I'm fine. With Cole Calhoun has started against a lot of lefties. Yeah. I mean, essentially against lefties, I'd rather fry anyways. But like for me, that outfield should be Brennan, Quan, Rodriguez. Let's see what, let's at least let the kid get his feet wet. That's two years in a row. Really strong data. He's kind of earned an opportunity. Yeah. You just cannot guarantee anything for him in 2024 yeah. based this off can of affect. Yeah, three yeah. weeks. Yeah. Cause There's that's not enough that, data, small samples. And that's, that's what got him in trouble with Oscar Gonzalez too, is but going off way a, too much of that. It was a whole year of data, but like we all knew. It was like, it was like half a year of data really. But we all knew that it was 
uh, okay, anyone who really knew knew that it was very unlikely to sustain Did the Guardians. Did the Guardians? I think they were, like I said, my thought on this was that they were like, okay, we'll give them a chance. And then, hey, we really believe in Will Brennan. And then Will Brennan fell fat on their face. Hey, we'll go to Valera. Oh, he's hurt again. Like they had a chain of three dudes. Unfortunately, every dude in that chain stunk or was hurt or stunk and was hurt. And it was just. So to wrap up today, Bieber and McKenzie, Bieber's going to throw to live hitters at Lake County on Thursday. I'm sorry. Yeah, Thursday. McKenzie's going to throw to hitters Friday. This is just going to be like glorified BP sim game. They're not actually pitching in games at Lake County. Um, so they're going to face hitters for the first time since they've been hurt. And then they're going to see where they go from there. And they might go on a rehab. So I uh, don't think you want to be going to the captain. I think if you're going to the captains, they're going to see one of those two pitch in, in a game. I think you're going to be disappointed unless this team makes the playoffs. Akron still got a week to go and like uh, Columbus still has some time to go too. So we think the target date is sometime late September. And, and when they come back, they might be throwing an inning or two. They might not be coming back to make a start like Bieber came back in 2021 and he threw like one or two innings. That was it. So that could be the case when they, these guys come back too. And you just hope they go into the off season healthy and with a normal throwing program and they come back next year, ready to go next year. And I'm, uh, I'm going to sit here it. and be like these types of hands, just because like thinking of those three rookies with Bieber and McKenzie. Now it, Would we'll be save great. it for another day. I do think there is, especially with recent news, there is reason to think that Bieber's trade value might be going up due to supply and demand. That's another show, though, for down the road. That is another show. And uh, if you didn't see on Twitter, there was a or X, whatever we're calling it these days. I it's don't still know. Twitter. Just, it is Twitter. Oh, Twitter. No, it's Twitter. Uh, we're not calling there it. There was it. a. Twitter. <laughs> there was a. I will walk off. MLB Network interview with with Tito on on MLB Network Radio on on Sirius. <laughs> Uh, that he said, you know, he just that his body is telling him it's time, his mind is telling him it's time, and he said he was prepared. You know, the front office is prepared to move on, and it's time. So all the all those comments suggest that it's this is the end for Tito and his managerial time in Cleveland. We'll have a whole show on that whenever the time does come. I think it's, I don't know, I I would the next homestand. I would say when they go to the West Coast, you know, you don't have to worry about it because they're on the West Coast, not at home this last homestand was their last hope to have any sort of playoff push. It's over now. Maybe they have three, three homestands left. They come home to face Texas for three days after this white, this West coast trip. Then they come home for a single series against Baltimore and they have two at home against Cincinnati at the end of the month. I think it's time to let it be the farewell. He doesn't want the farewell tour, but he didn't want to distract it from maybe what the series was supposed to be, but the series was, just about the guardians flaws as a team overall, than then it was actually meaningful for them. Unfortunately, it showed them what flaw they exposed it further exposed the flaws they had on their roster, I guess is what I'm saying. So when he comes back home, it should be time to say, this is it and let him go out with, you know, the good graces and pomp and circumstance. Yeah. I don't think he's going to want that. I think it's pretty clear. He doesn't want that, but he doesn't want it, but like, the season has far enough passed them by where I think yeah. you can say after tomorrow that, yeah, I'm, I'm calling it. I don't, he's also career. that guy who doesn't want it, but I think would secretly enjoy it too. Like, I think there'd be, this is true. That, you know, of, this of is that. True. he does, you know, he's always kind of appreciated being the, the attention, even though sometimes but that's another show to deflect, but yes, uh, we want to thank all of you, all of our everydayers. Our numbers were really strong yesterday. So personal, thank you. I know after a loss like that, I expected to see us have three, Three my mind was all over the place. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, 
Uh, we appreciate all of you uh, for jumping in on a frustrating day. Uh, many of you everydayers like uh, David Line, who I know is across the ocean, I want to say, listening. But thank you all, and go, go, Guardians, go.